Um, Colossians chapter 3, he talks about, and he's talking about the same thing, this growing in Christ. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved. These are things we're supposed to put on. Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as God for Christ's sake forgave us, so we should to others. And, And he goes on and says, but above all things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, And then he says, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also ye are called in one body and one spirit. So, above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your heart. The word rule that he uses there is is like an umpire. You're out. It's ruling. It's making... A statement, say, this is a, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Um, And I think in the days we live, one of our greatest testimonies can be the peace of God ruling in our heart. Because the world doesn't have peace. I'm sure you've all seen the statement, bumper stickers, no God, N-O, God, no peace. And then underneath it says, no God, K-N-O-W, and then you will K-N-O-W, peace. And, And yet, it's easy for us to get, we know God, but we have N-O peace. It's easy for us, our spirits, to get roiled up and troubled. And So I want us to think a little bit, what are characteristics of our times of no peace? What characterizes us when we have no peace? Um, And and again, the, the purpose of all of this is to help us to have peace, and what a great testimony that can be in the midst of great storms. But it does as well to think about what characterizes us when we have no peace. What causes us to have no peace? What are some characteristics? Okay, okay, worry. Okay, we feel like our rights have been violated, our expectations, we expect something and it's taken away, or not only expectations, but this, I demand this, this right, and, and it's taken away, all right, what else? Okay, okay. All right, we planned this, this, and this, and all of a sudden that's 
wrench is thrown in all of that. Um, so that creates more stress and our expectations fail and then we worry that nothing's going to work out, right? Okay, we really become self-focused. I mean, and anytime, anytime we're self-focused, that's not going to lead to peace. I mean, you think about it. If, if, I'm, if we're self-focused, who else is going to join us in being focused on me? So, I mean, nobody. I mean, you'd like to think your husband and wife, and, and many times, they, but not when they sense you're just a selfish slob. And, and so right away, we've created no peace because you're fighting a losing battle. I want things to go my way. Okay, seven billion people are going to bow down and say, yeah, we're going to make things go your way. I'm not asking for seven billion. I just like two people, my boss and my spouse. Well, it's not going to happen. But, and then that self-focus just spins out. And anything else you think of when we, yes. Okay, insecurity, we, we lack the confidence or the unknown. This is, this is new, this is different. There is another hand up, I thought. Okay. <laughs> and, and it's true, it's, it's the fear factor. It, it robs us. Of our peace, everything is bad and everything is out of control. Ungrateful. Um, when we when we focus on what we don't have, it robs us of our peace. An ungrateful spirit, Daryl. When, 
when we don't act upon what we know we should do, it robs us of peace. In, in whatever it is, in handling conflict, whatever God burdens us to do or tells us to do. His comm- I mean, if we're not obeying what he tells us to do, we're not going to have peace. All right? Anything else? Okay. Um, if if we if we don't understand the truth, um, we're misapplying truth. It's it's not it's not going to lead to peace. Um, to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Uh, there's several things that we need to do, and I. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to I want to mention it. I really believe we're coming into not that we haven't been, but I really believe we're coming into a time where this is an area that we as believers can really show a difference. When things aren't going well in the world that we can still have peace. And it Bad things happen to believers, but how do we respond to it? And and we should, by God's grace, be able to respond in peace. And and that's why you can't just go along and then automatically be ready to respond in peace. We need to we need to build our life, our walk with God. And um, I just want to list several things. How we can let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Number one, we need to take control of our thoughts. Second Corinthians 10, we mention this often, but it must be mentioned often. Because we are to take captive every thought and bring it into subjection. To the obedience of Christ. Is this thought obedience to Christ? I mean, every every thought. And, and I know we get weary in that. We, it's a battle. We get weary, but we, we have thousands of thoughts every day, but we need to bring them into obedience. Take captive. And and so I'm responsible for my thoughts. We we spend our time a lot of times worried about things we can't control and not dealing with the things we can control. There's very little we can control, but one of the things is what I think about I can control. And and so there come all kinds of temptations for thoughts and it most of them aren't from satan most of them are from our own evil heart you know satan doesn't have to bother most of us we've got enough springing up from our own heart but but it is it's it's selfishness as was mentioned it's you know poor me or or looking down on other it's it's limitless 
And this is a false view of God that God can't do anything about this or whatever. And so it's, it's important that I have to, I have to put a wall about my mind and be guarding it all the time. And some of it, we're creating it to be more of a battle by what we what we bring in. Jerry mentioned the news, okay? You're better off not paying attention to it. That's one less battle. I mean, choose your battles. Um, and what am I bringing into my life? Is this coming from God's perspective or what perspective? So, number one, take control of your thoughts. Number two... Turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. So what do you think this is about when we say Psalm 119? The Word of God. Because Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible and every verse in it, with the exception of two or three, I think it is, makes reference to God's Word. So the theme is the Word of God. Notice Psalm 116, verse 100, Psalm 119, sorry, verse 165. You don't often get to say 100, verse 165. But notice what it says. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble, or nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law. There's a direct correlation of how much you saturate in the word and how much peace you have. Little word, little peace. I mean, and, and the greater the burden, the more we ought to go to the word. You know, it... it It's asking God to create in us a hunger and thirst that I want your word more than anything else. And he he says, great peace have they which love your law. And they're not going to be easily offended. See, a, a warning light ought to be going off in our mind when I'm offended with this. I'm offended with it. That's like, wait a minute. Great peace have they which love your law. So it is direct correlation to the relationship we have with the Word and the amount of peace that we have. And we need to build up the Word in our life so when the storms come, we're equipped for it. But saturating in the Word comes back, Jason mentioned the misunderstanding of the Word. Well, if you're not in the Word, you're easily deceived. So saturating in the Word is key to peace. Thirdly, turn to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And notice verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Against such there is no law. It is God's Spirit that produces peace. So, you can put either yield to the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. If I am not depending on the Spirit, if I am not obedient to the Spirit, if I am not open to the Spirit, I'm not going to have peace because peace is produced by the Spirit. And when we're filled with the Spirit, then He produces the peace. It's not something we have to produce. So, it was mentioned earlier, if I don't do what I know I ought to do, if I don't do what the Spirit's prompting me to do, I'm not going to have peace. And when you do what the Spirit prompts, regardless of how it turns out, you have peace because you say, well, I did what God's Spirit wanted. And there is great peace in that. That's why it's easier to please God than it is to please man. And we have peace when we say, I know that that I did what God wanted me to do. You're able to have peace with that. Um, you know, if, if at work you're doing what the boss said, you don't fear when the boss shows up. And the same is true. We have peace when we're obeying the Spirit of God. But it's, it's yielding to the Spirit. Turn to Isaiah 26. And verse 3. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Ah, that's what I want. Perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So it comes back to focusing on God. I'm going to keep my mind. I'm going to take control of my mind. And I'm going to turn my focus to you. He will keep him in perfect peace when my mind is stayed on you. Our, our peace is robbed when our mind is, is taken to the events of this world or all the things that I have to do. And, and we have to think about these things. But even in thinking about them, we still focus on God. God, I need your wisdom. This is a list of things I need to get done today. I need your wisdom. Our focus is, turns to Him. But when our focus turns away from Him, we don't have peace. He said, I will keep Him in perfect peace. Whose mind, there again, it's, it's in our thought life. Whose mind is stayed on Him. So it is focusing on God. God, you put me here. You're the one that gave me life. You're the one that given me this health or taking away my health or whatever it is. All of this is because of you, so I want to honor you with what you're bringing into my life. And turn the focus to Him. Turn to Philippians chapter 4. All of these are part and parcel of, of us having genuine peace. 
Philippians chapter 4. And verse 6, be anxious for nothing. That means we're not walking in peace. We don't have peace. We're full of anxiety. So what should I do? And that's the neat thing. God doesn't just say, don't do this. He says, don't do this. In place of it, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that touches on that contentedness, With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, it's casting all our care upon Him. I cast all my care upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet, and any time I don't know what to do, I cast all my care upon you. And you know what? There are many times we go cast our care upon him and nothing has changed except the peace he gives in our heart. Circumstances may not have changed, but spending time alone with God gives us a peace that passes all understanding. And that's why... This is so important. Our greatest witness can be, wow, you have peace in this? Why? Philippians 4, 4 through 6. Of the ability to rest in casting our care upon the Lord. And then that means we need to rest in His promises. See, this is focus on God. You can't separate these individually. Focus on God means to rest in His promises. Casting your care upon Him is resting in His promises. Saturating in His Word is finding the heart of God and resting in. I know my God is good. I know my God is is at work in my life. I know God's ears are open to my prayer. I know God always does what is right. I know God's grace is sufficient. It'll be okay. We used to often put the kids to bed by just singing, Everything's all right in my Father's house. In my Father's house. In my Father's house. Everything's all right. In my Father's house, there is joy, joy, joy. You know what? Everything's all right in God's house. He's not. He doesn't have one flick of anxiety or anything. He perfectly at peace. And... and we need to, so to speak, crawl up on his lap and embrace that peace. It often I am not reflecting the peace of God. And and God is grieved by that. And so it is coming to rest in his promises and then remember your future. The day is coming 
when the battle's over and everything is right and everything is at peace and we have a glorious future and that ought to give us peace in the present. The storms may come and and rock us, but we know we're going to get through the storm one way or another. And it's going to be good. And, I mean, you think of the martyrs throughout history. How, how could they go through what they went through? Because they realized what lay ahead. And it's too easy for us to get so earthly-minded that everything rises and falls what goes on in this earth. This earth is the width of a hair compared to eternity. I mean, this is a brief... Reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory of the future. I mean... Everything here looms big because it's right here. But when you get away from it and see from God's perspective, um, then we have peace. Realizing the best is yet to come. So, I, I really think We really need to say, God, I want your peace ruling in my heart. Because you said, let the peace of God rule in your heart. So, Lord, help me to take these steps and others. And you can wrap it all up into one and just say, walk in the Spirit. But, you know, it's it's like a multiplication thing. To an unbeliever... There is zero. Zero times anything else equals zero. So an unbeliever, zero times wealth, fame, whatever, it still equals no peace. To a a fleshly Christian, there may be Christ, And you take that times whatever activities, but you take it times the flesh, and it still equals no peace. When you mix the flesh, our old nature, self, the Spirit-filled life, it's we have Christ and we have the Spirit of God ruling our life, and that equals peace. It's not complicated, but it's not easy. It's a battle. Um, Anything you want to add about peace, about a testimony about it, something else that has been helpful? I want to, I came across, I don't know who wrote this, but a prayer about peace. God, even when my life feels chaotic, I can experience your peace because of what Jesus did on the cross. 
Thank you for making this possible by sending us your Son. He has made a way for us to know and experience you. So that's all about the Christmas and Christ's coming. Even when life feels out of control, I can cling to the truth that your peace isn't based on my feelings or circumstances, but on your character and faithfulness. When I don't feel at peace, please make your presence known to me. Remind me that you're in control. Give me your strength and comfort when the world feels unsafe. Protect my heart and mind from the weight of my feelings and my thoughts. Allow me to sense your presence and to live with confidence that you are always near. Let my life be an example of your peace that surpasses understanding. And really that ought to be our prayer. Lord, let my life be an example of your peace that is inexplainable apart from Christ. And regardless of what comes, that the peace of God rules in our hearts. I mean, what a rich privilege we have because He is the Prince of Peace, the Prince that brings peace. But too often we are subjects of the Prince that don't have the peace. And when we don't manifest the peace, it really blasphemes His name. So it is, it is a worthy pursuit of us to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And that means when your spirits start, okay, what thoughts are leading me to this? Nope, that isn't a biblical thought. I need to cast it down. I need to replace it with truth. And that's the nitty-gritty of the Christian life is battling the thoughts over and over and over again. And then the peace of God will rule in our hearts. Let's pray. Lord, we do ask that Your peace would truly rule in our hearts. And we know it's not like abracadabra, you're going to wave a wand over us and, and your peace will rule in us. Lord, you've given us responsibilities that we have to take control of our thoughts and, and that we need to be people of the Word and, and to walk in your Spirit, not in the power of our own effort. And Lord, I pray for individuals, perhaps even today, that are bearing a heavy burden, that it's easy for them to have their, their peace robbed of them. Lord, I pray today and during this season that every one of us would walk in the power of Your Spirit and know the peace of You that is beyond explanation. And that you would raise us up regardless of circumstances that come in our lives. That you would raise us up to know your power and your peace. That would show your glory. And would be an instrument used to bring others to you. So, Lord, again, thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. 
And Lord, help us to reflect that peace, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.